Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. And today, we have the great Vlad Katz coming back to us, second appearance on the show. And before we bring him on the show, let me just remind you that we're working on this project. This is my life's mission to make the world a happier place. And one of the ways we're doing that is getting videos where people just share in 10 seconds, 12 seconds, who they are and what makes them happy. And the idea is that when other people see those videos, they go, you know what? I could do that because happiness is all around us, but people are looking at the shadows, not the light. I want you to look at the lights, send a video, donate it to the project so the world becomes a happier place. And one of the happiest people I know is uh, Vlad. Vlad, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. It's great to be back. And I love that project. You will have my video. That is awesome. And you know what's kind of interesting is when people see someone truly just sharing, no one has said, you know, what makes me happy is buying a new car. No one's ever said that. And no one said, you know, it's all about like last week, it was a gentleman saying, you know, what makes me happy is when I hear my grandkids laughter. And it's like, everyone can relate to that. So the last time we interviewed, you were at Keller Williams and you had the distinction of being the number one recruiter worldwide for bringing people into the Keller space. And so you are uh, like one of the movers and shakers. But since, uh, 2020, you've moved to eXp and you had zero agents under you. How many agents are in your team right now? Uh, I've been blessed, Umar. We're we're approaching 300. As of this morning, it was 284. So it's pretty fast growth. And uh, yeah, just blessed to be around great people in my life there. And, And part of the whole experience, whether it was at Keller Williams or here, I suspect in other parts of your life, is not so much uh you know, how can Vlad win? It's like, how can I empower other people to win? And through their success is uh, one, you probably get joy and two, you get compensation as well. But it's always been about empowering other people. And the byproduct is you getting richer as well. True statement? Uh, very true. And, and in fact, I, uh, Umar, I've, I've tried I've tried to live the other way where I'm like, I'm going to win at all costs. I'm going to win yes. at all costs. And I, I, it may have been my hyper competitiveness back as a young kid uh, and, you know, adolescent, adult, all of that. And I had a mind shift probably about a decade or so ago where I realized that my purpose is to help other people win. And so the, I created a game in life uh, that I call Everybody Wins. Now, everybody that. includes everybody, including me. And when I see other people win, not only does it give me great joy, but depending on the game that I've created with those people, I win one way or the other. And focusing on other people winning has been freeing. Yeah. it's See, I think life is all about intent. A good example is when you have somebody dating and all their friends have found their partners and gotten married, they're left by themselves, they're super desperate. And any woman within a mile radius just says, 
no, get away from me. And because the intent is about them. And then they just give up and say, women suck. That's it. I'm not dating. And that weekend at the supermarket, they meet someone because the intent was totally different. They were just being themselves, another human being. And the same thing in business is your intent goes a long way. And surrendering yourself for, for a greater good. Yeah, uh, I think is a is a is a product of that, or is a byproduct of that. Like I, I've I've noticed, like when I look at let's say social media, or or just like when I'm talking to people, there's so many people that are walking through life, waiting for somebody to fill their bucket. Yeah, and what I've learned in life is that the only way to have your bucket filled is to fill somebody else's. Absolutely. I think and, you know, very once much that clicked. It just it, again, it's freeing that that level of simplicity it, I, in my life is freeing. What's kind of interesting is, you know, I can go get whatever I want practically, and that would feel good for about two minutes. But if I help somebody out in a small thing, pick up their groceries, uh, help them get a house or whatever it happens to be from the smallest to the largest, the satisfaction I get out of that is like a hundred times more than me winning whatever. I think that's how we're built and we train ourselves to be selfish when we don't need to be, is if we're generous and help everybody around us, the byproduct is you're happier, more fulfilled, and you just attract more good things in your life as you go along. Amen. All right, brilliant. So what I wanted to explore with you today, because you work with a lot of agents, you've been an agent, and at one level, real estate is a really simple business, except for the mindset piece. And that is the thing in almost every element in life that gets in the way. So what I wanted to do was a really fast round of, I'm going to give you my hypothesis where team leaders struggle and give me an example of somebody struggling and how you help that particular agent. Don't name names unless it's Michael Schiff. Uh, and we're going to... <laughs> that dude never struggles. He's perfect. Yes. He's... Yes. So one of the areas is people go, okay, uh, I'm a good realtor. I need to expand. I need to bring other agents in. And they make a mistake in who they bring in. They bring in the shiny object. This guy's a really high performer and we want the numbers. I'm going to bring them in. Tell us about an agent that you helped that was doing that where it doesn't work out well and how you coach them to do better. Umar, you know, I, I've had the privilege of serving real estate professionals, being a real estate professional, serving real estate professionals now for over, you know, for a, over a decade and a half. So like if I start naming, there's going to be a lot of people because of course, so we're like, not going to name the, anybody. Right. So, right. So the challenge that you just described is uh, is an epidemic in a real estate industry. Right. Like no pun intended. And yep. it's um, it's it, it's everywhere. And I think that it, where I come in into those types of conversations when I'm advising the people that I'm working with or have worked with, for me, it starts with creating a level of clarity and simplicity, going back to your point, right, that this yes. real estate uh, business is, is very simple, that then almost eliminates the chances for making the mistake that you, you just described, which everybody makes. And the really cool thing about making mistakes <laughs> I know it's a weird thing to say, man. Really cool things about making mistakes is that you can actually look back at it and you can isolate what you did incorrectly rather than just talking about concepts in life, right? Because then it's like you don't have anything contextual to like point right. to. 
So what this what the challenge that you just described, what it starts with is lack of clarity of what of two things. One is why do people join your organization and should join your organization? And then two is an ideal agent profile. Yes. Okay. okay. So very first thing, and this is critical. This is critical. There, the number one reason, I learned this long time ago, number one reason people join your business organization, number one, not the only one, but number one, is to reach their financial goals. Yep. If anybody, uh, if anybody tells you they're joining for their number one reason is not that, our job is to inspect it because the number one reason is that, and there's two reasons why people leave your organization and they're all intertwined. One reason people leave your organization is because they're not reaching their financial goals. Right. And the typical example that I give is, you know, think about your, you know, the operations manager on your team or your administrative assistant. Let's, let's, let's call him Mike. Okay. And Mike loves working with you and Mike's, you know, like he's an advocate and all of that stuff. Let's see how long he lasts as soon as you stop paying him. Absolutely. Not long. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Mike may still love you, but he's not reaching his financial goals anymore. It makes sense for him to leave. Okay. And he will. Second reason people leave your organization is they do reach their financial goals, but they don't associate their current success and their future success with your environment. So this is when you bring somebody in and you take them off the street and you teach them everything that they know. And now they're making 100, 150 grand. And then one day you come into the office and they're like, okay, Umar, I'm out of here. But you're like, man, like you've made more money than you ever made. Okay. Most likely that person, let's call her Susie. Susie is like, man, I made 150, but how much could I have made if I was on my own? Or how much could I have made if I was with my own team? Or Umar or Vlad or Mike is not great. Like I made that 150 in spite of them. Yep. And that's what typically happens with people. So when I, when I sit down with a top performer who has a team or is building a team, and we look at successful, quote unquote, successful people that have left, right? And those ha that have failed that have left, they can usually just point very quickly to one of those two reasons, okay? Makes perfect but sense. notice how all three have one thing in common, and that's their financial goals. Absolutely. So going back to uh, a team leader building a team, I think the first fundamental thing they need to know, and this is somebody looking from the outside in, having worked with a lot of realtors, is when you know who you are and what your values are and what you want to build and not like what you should build because you went to this seminar and there was like a guru on stage, but when you uncover authentically who you are, that gives you a lens to look at the kind of people you want to bring into the organization. So t talk around that. Like how true is that statement? I, I would say that's uh, that's a hundred plus percent true because and and I think that all of us have fallen into this trap of pretending to be somebody we're not. Yeah. And and I think it's uncomfortable sometimes for people to do their own soul searching and like and 
And it's, it's actually not even like most people know who they are. They're just, they're just uncomfortable. They think that they should be somebody that they're not. And yes. they think they should be that guru on the stage, or they think they should be fill in the blank. And they go, they go through life. I was there, right? I'm recovering, shooting all over themselves. Yeah. And when you bring people into your organization, automatically you should all over them. Now, the values that you possess, okay, regardless of what they are, this is not a judgment call, right? This, like, th they will spill and you can expect them to spill and you want them to spill into your business organization, okay? And so it just makes a lot of sense to be really honest. So, like, here's how it plays out in real estate, okay? Somebody, somebody's value, let's say, is uh crazy work ethic right like which again this is not a judgment call on values okay but like there's plenty of people in life that are walking around with their value without being transformed or working with a professional like you like you right like of looking at it like their value is like workaholic 24 7 being on call okay and like if you want to the, the way i look at it if you want to if I want to know somebody's values, I don't have to talk to them. All I have to do is just observe them. Oh, absolutely. Form, right? That makes it simple. So if somebody, so this is where I see it all the time, Umar, in real estate. Somebody's work value is clearly like work, 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 work. And then they advertise an opportunity or a position for administrative assistant, assistant with the term work-life balance. Yep. I'm like, are you nuts? Like, and and and, and they will and they will interview people that clearly cannot keep up with them. Right. Who are who are they setting up for failure? Is three entities themselves, their organization, and that human being. Absolutely. So knowing yourself is critical. So one of the areas that are challenging for realtors is doing the activities they need to do. So as a team, we say, okay, these are the activities we need to do. And then some people don't do them. Then the team leader has to figure out how to handle that situation. So walk me through that because nobody wants to be the bad guy and you're not being the bad guy. So you've got like this mindset that's not right. So take it away, Vlad. <laughs> Oh my God, this is this happens all the time, right? Because people get hung up on activities and performing the activities or not performing the activities. See, in, in my experience, people jump into action when there is a clear line between action and them getting what they want. Okay, and let me be clear, and them getting what they need. So yes. the team lead. So team leaders or leaders of teams, right? Like people in leadership positions, because they don't get the first thing that I mentioned is that number one reason people join your organization is to reach their financial goals. As a leader, we must know what our people's financial goals are. Because any action that they take or don't take is gonna be in line with the goal not a wish or a dream. So how does this play out? Somebody come, you know, a, a new agent comes on the team and, um, and you know, a lot of team leaders talk about standard. We have a standard of 20 contacts a week or 20 right. contacts a 
day or five contacts per day, whatever it is, right? They actually don't mean it's a standard because, you know, if it's a standard, somebody who doesn't reach it, they should be removed. It's kind of like a guideline or like, right. you know, a wish. But that's a side. You know, I hope I'm not being too cynical here. Um, but uh, somebody comes on and says, like, okay, we're, you know, everybody does five contacts per day. And then an agent doesn't do it. Okay. Well, the reason agent doesn't talk to five people per day about real estate, which is a very simple, to your point, which I love, very simple action because this business is very simple. The reason they don't do it nine times out of 10 is because two things. One is they were never trained properly on how to do it and what that right. actually means. Second is it's they don't see a direct link about how they those five contacts per day get to them making 80 grand a year that they need in order for Johnny and Lucy to go to private school and for that and for their spouse not to have to work or whatever it is that their goals actually mean, not what they are. So let me challenge you there because there's a lot of realtors that see that direct connection. The more connections I make, the more money I make, there's this math behind it. But because they're not trained, or because they have fear of rejection or whatever, they don't do that. And that becomes comes back to the team leader to help diagnose and either help fix or find a resource to help fix it or ask them to leave. But those conversations don't happen often enough because the leader, from my point of view, has a responsibility. If I got you to join my team, it's I'm taking a bit of responsibility for you as well to guide you in the right direction to get the goals that you want to achieve despite yourself. So frame it, look at it from the despite yourself phraseology. Like, is that a true statement? And how do you navigate that? I, I would change. So everything you said is on point. I would change it, a little bit of responsibility to a lot of responsibility. Because okay. again, people join your organization to reach their financial goals. In a sales organization, that is almost always true. I hate to talk, I hate to talk in absolutes. Okay, just given some of my beliefs, but it's it's almost always true. Okay, and as a leader of the person, if you're playing the game that I'm playing in life, that I know you're playing in life, is that my job is to make sure you win, or at the very least, my job is to help you win. Then you're taking a lot of responsibility. See, when somebody failed on my team, I failed. Right. It wasn't oh, Susie didn't know what she was doing. It's like oh, hold on a second, I failed in showing her the way. Okay, so. To bring back to what we were talking about is uh, the leader or even the manager, by the way, the term management is getting evilized in real estate space. Really? That has been my experience. If, if other people don't have the experience, it's totally on me. But there's been so much talk about leadership that people forget about management. The management is a huge component of leadership. In fact, when somebody starts in your organization and don't know what they're doing, forget leadership. What they need is a lot of training and management. Yes. They need to be shown what to do. They need to be told where to go. It's kind of like, you know, when I had a personal trainer for, for getting my, my physical shape into shape, the last thing I wanted is to come in at 7.30 in the morning and have Johnny, real name, okay, have Johnny tell me, Ask me, what do you think we should do today? Do you know how fast I would stop paying the guy? Okay. 
but I share with him my goals. Like I wanted to, like, I remember those conversations, like chronic back problems for back from my rugby days. Like I, you know, I wanted to be able to, to play with my kids and pick them up no matter what my age was and their age. And Johnny's like, okay, we're going to work on, you know, core. And then I came in and he told me every day what I needed to do for those 30 minutes. There was no question and answer type of stuff. Right. There's just like, do this, this and that. Okay. Now getting back to real estate. So like the first, I would say six months, somebody being on your team better be more management and training than leadership. Makes okay? perfect then, sense. Like, now, when, a, see, if somebody starts working with me or, you know, a, a great team leader like Michael Schiff that I know you, you know, br brought up, uh, you know, like jokingly when we were talking about it, but like, it's actually a really good example. See, somebody like Mike, who's been in real estate for 20 years, he already knows what the person needs. And it's very easy. Like it's out. Everybody has a fear of rejection. I have a fear of rejections. I just have the tools to overcome it because I've been doing this for much longer. Right. So when somebody comes in, that person better be trained by a professional like let's just say you with nlp like nlp senior prac and all of that that helps people overcome the fear of rejection not because they asked for it but they don't know what to ask for yep. when they're just getting started so it's 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 on the leader of the team my opinion to per, to foresee the challenges that the person is going to have and then and then supply them with tools of people's coaches trainers whatever you need to overcome them before they become real challenges like if somebody comes in right now on my team i don't have a team but if i started restarted my team <laughs> like like i would first thing that i would deal with is everything that's going to get in their way of being successful absolutely and kind of going back to uh, your conversation around leadership and management so in my ideal world this is how it kind of relates is a leader is someone who build so much trust with the people that they're leading that the people will go on a journey with them and they'll leverage their trust because they don't have enough on themselves to go on that journey. And part of a leader's responsibility is to create really strong processes that people can trust in the leader, in the processes and each other. And those processes is where the management part comes in to develop the processes. And the leadership comes back in again to get people to be self-accountable, to follow those processes without somebody having to babysit them. And I think that's why management has gotten such a bad rap is, oh, we want them to be magical, that we don't need these processes. No, you need a process that you can, you need a good process. And through actually doing the process is where you figure out what the kinks are, you improve the process, and then you kind of embed that in your bones. This is how you get a high performance team is that process is internalized and where you've got a bad team is where you don't train them properly, the process changes, and you change your goals because you know what you're doing, and then there's not trust in the processes of the leader, and then you have like a mess. It, 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 very, very well said. It, 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 again, it, that happens all the time, I think all in the context of this leadership conversation. See, I, you know, the, the only thing I add to that is I look like, Lead, most people look at leadership and management as a concept. To me, it's all skill. See, it's yep. leadership skills. It's management skills. It's training skills. By the way, next to skills, you can put processes, to your point. Love that, 
right? So there's so many folks, uh, and this goes beyond real estate. Uh, that I would say that's how organizations fail is when it's all based on leadership skills. Now, don't get me wrong. Leadership skills are very important. There's only so far you can go, but that's where, you know, some, some folks spend so much time in vision casting and inspiration. They try to become Tony Robbins, right? And they forget the the management skills and the management processes and the training skills and the training process that all work together is as a leader you got to have all three or have access to all three like look i know for a fact my management skills and management processes were weak so what did yeah. i do is i brought people that naturally had higher level or more training in management skills and management processes right when it comes to training mindset training that's the last thing i would want to get into that's why we have professionals like yourself right it's like i don't have to become an expert in it but i know where to go and when people leaders in any organization especially in real estate when they focus too much on that soft kind of stuff yeah and they forget that the rubber meets the road on the hard stuff. Absolutely. I think it's uh, the mindset piece allows people to execute on the process with more enthusiasm and certainty. Yeah. But you could have the most motivated people in the world. If they don't know the right process, they're not going to get anywhere. They won't. And, and then you're, you're constantly in business, not in in helping people achieve stuff or in helping people take action, which is how we got to this, right? But rather in inspiring and motivating. Now, it's important. It's all a part of that, right? But as a real estate leader, you're in business of serving your buyers and sellers and investors. And you want yep. to align yourself like the people on the team have to understand that that's the case. <laughs> And so when, the, when an agent doesn't take action, the leader first place they look at should, in my opinion, is look in the mirror is where did I fail in helping them understand what may get in the way? I loved talking to people still do in, in terms of like, okay, so you want, so not only do you want this, by the way, people confuse, this is one thing I learned on this journey is people confuse goals with hopes and dreams, right? So tell me, how, they, how do they confuse those? Well, uh, so uh, let's say, let's pick uh, Nancy, you know, what's your goal for 2022? Oh, I want to make 100000 Oh, okay. And how much did you make last year? Thirty-two. Okay, great. Okay, I understand. So right there, I'm starting to inspect their goals, right? Okay, and you know, Nancy, tell me, tell me what you know, what will happen when you make a hundred grand? Blah 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 blah. Okay, that's great. So I can see that that's important to you. But let me ask you this, Nancy: if uh, if you made ninety this year instead of a hundred, would you be happy? Oh yes, I yeah, would. yeah, I made thirty-two. Uh, what if you made eighty? Yeah, yeah, that'd be amazing. I just made thirty-two. Let me ask you this: what if you made fifty-three? Well, dude, that's almost double of last year. I'd be all right. Okay, so let me ask you this. What if you made 40? Well, blah, blah, blah. Let me ask you this. At which point would you be looking for a full-time job? Oh, if I made anything less than last year. 
So like right there in this like 30 second, 60 second conversation, I inspect the, the I inspect the goals to figure out like what the actual what does the person how much is the person actually willing to take action? Because action between making 32 and action between making 100 is very different. And Absolutely. that's no surprise where people are like, man, they told me, and I talked to team leaders, like I, I, you know, I just talked to my colleagues in, in, uh, in the Midwest, you know, a very large team. And it's kind of like, man, like they're just not doing it. And I'm like, yeah, what are their goals? Well, they, told, they tell me they, they want to make 100. And I'm like, hey, how much did they make? Well, they, they sold three houses in the first quarter. I'm like, okay, tell me about their income. Well, they're on pension. They're, you know, I'm like, no, their goal is not 100 grand. Their goal is not 100 grand. You are expecting them to take actions in line with a 100 grand goal. They have a 30K goal. And yep. they're taking, they're, they're, they're on track. So let me tell you why I love that. So we go back to intent again. Like your intent is not to uh, humiliate the person. Your intent is to get an epiphany themselves because this whole exercise isn't about you getting the right person hired because you have a sense of that. My hypothesis is your intention is for them to realize, wait a minute, no, this is not something I, I will kill for to get. This is more like a wish, which is a huge gift to people. And sometimes when people realize it's a wish, then all of a sudden they have to go back and rethink and go, no, no I think I really want to do this. What would I need to do? And most people are going to go, you're right. I should stay in my job and not do this. But that's also part of leadership is leadership isn't telling people. It's oftentimes getting them to get their own epiphany. And if they can get their own epiphany, it becomes real and they take action on it versus, yes, you said that. I'm going to go for it. Thoughts, comments? Amen. And it's, <laughs> look, as a leader, um, as a leader of a team, I get to discriminate based on, I know it's a strong word, but I get to discriminate on, on who is next to me. Right. See, so many people let in people into their tribe, into their, into their team, into what, whatever you call it, right? And they don't, they, they don't have clarity on why those people are with them. And so they cannot have clarity on how to get people get to where they're going. And then they throw their hands up and people leave in disgust. Okay. So, you know, we cannot discriminate on sex, on creed, on, on like, you know, color, like all of that. Right. But we can discriminate on goals. Absolutely. And see, and see if, if I am building an organization that's going to help a thousand clients in a year okay i want people in next to me that have goals that are in line with that right okay? and and if somebody wants to be part-time and just make some extra money selling houses that's great there like i can like I, there's no judgment on it but that's just not the place this is not the place for that. There's plenty. Right. And I may say like, look, that's amazing. I think your grandkids or I think your kids are going to benefit. Like, you know, three grand a month is going to be amazing for them. This, this is just not the environment for that. But let me recommend you go here. Or let me recommend you go there. People are so grateful when you tell them what you can or cannot help them with. And by the way, that goes back to, you know, one of the questions that you asked early is like, the answer was is 
you know, oftentimes team leaders or leaders of teams lie to themselves when it comes to values. They also right. lie to themselves and in turn to other people on what it is that they want. And before Absolutely. they know it, before they know it, they have they have something that they don't want. <laughs> well, no kidding, because you weren't clear on what you wanted. <laughs> Absolutely. So Vlad, before we part company, what is a mind hack that you would recommend that would help people be more efficient, be happier, be more successful? What's one simple technique that you use that's really effective? Uh, talk it out with someone. So oftentimes, especially top producers, talk to themselves and run ideas yes. by themselves. Okay. And then, it, you know, first of all, I think it's kind of weird. So you know what's genius about that and stupid about that at the same time? That <laughs> you can have a performer like that can talk to themselves and come up with a dumb decision, but they can talk with a colleague and the colleague will not say a word because they're saying the same things out loud. All of a sudden they get their own epiphany. It's like, and they know the answer. So I'm not sure how that works because we said the same things, one internally, one with another human present, and we get insights externally as opposed to internally. Any idea why that works? I, you know, Mar, I, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, but I do know that one of the, it's, it, it led me that, and I'm just formulating an opinion on this because I have not asked myself that question, yeah. but it's like, it, and by the way, this is an example of that, right? Like right. What, what I just mentioned is, um, is the way I would edit what I said is talk to a person that you know is that's going to be a sounding board it's going to be a sounding board and not mm -hmm. a parrot absolutely 100 percent. and here's why i think it works is that we have a set of rules that we run our lives through most of them are unconscious and mm -hmm. one of those rules is when you're talking out loud to someone else another human being is that you're looking at it from a different lens when it's internal, you got a different lens and everything sounds rosy and wonderful. And when you go the other one, it's not that you're smarter. You're just using a different set of rules unconsciously come out and you go, oh, I used to do tech support for Hewlett Packard. And sometimes I was a genius. And this is what I did. The person called in. And I said, hello. And the, as they're telling the problem, they would go, oh, and they'd solve it themselves. And they thought I was genius. I didn't do anything other than say hello. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's overlooked and really powerful. So on the project... Vlad, what makes you happy? Oh my God, that was such an awesome like you know start. Um, it, it, the first thing they came up to me, and I'm gonna have a list. But the first thing is wrestling with my six year old. I love it. It, it like when I've been blessed with three girls. I, I joke that you know God has a sense of humor. Luckily, so do I. But it's a it, like my six year old. She loves roughhousing, and like sometimes she you know. Like, I don't know, just like the laughter and giggling and when I tickle her, it just puts an automatic smile on my face. It just it brings a totally different energy. Thank you so much for sharing that, Vlad. Uh, here's why it's a joy having you on the show is uh, it's always strategic thinking, simple, actionable advice that people can listen to and start using right away. Thank you so much. It, look, thank you for allowing me to make a contribution to to your listeners. I know, look, look, you're you're way past 200 episodes. It's like the difference that you've been making with with sales professionals and real estate professionals has been nothing short of amazing. Obviously, I know some of the people that you work with and made a difference. So it's it's an it's an honor and thank you. 
We'll see you on episode three together. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming. And that is the fastest way to get better results. 